Imagine a world where innovation knows no bounds. At BAE Systems Fast Labs, we're pioneering advanced technology and defense research, shaping the future of safety and security. Explore our website to uncover a realm of cutting-edge projects, collaborations, and visionary thinkers. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a defender of freedom, or just curious, Fast Labs is where groundbreaking solutions are born. Join us and be part of the future today. Visit www.baesystems.com slash fastlabs. Welcome to From the Crow's Nest, a podcast on electromagnetic spectrum operations, or EMSO. I'm your host, Ken Miller, Director of Advocacy and Outreach for the Association of Old Crows. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome to our Morning Brew episode on day two of AOC 2021. We are here live at the 58th annual AOC International Symposium and Convention. It's a pivotal day with keynote speakers and sessions. And uh, before we talk about some of the highlights that we expect to uh, hear here today, I'd like to thank our episode sponsor for all today's episodes. Our, our sponsor is SamTech. SamTech is an international supplier of RF signal integrity and flexible power connectors. They provide exceptional service, quality products, and convenient design tools. SamTech understands that taking care of their customers and their employees is paramount, which makes them the leader in the connector industry. All right, well, my first guest here on our Morning Brew episode is Mr. Scott Cooper. He is a senior non-resident fellow at the Atlantic Council. Uh, Scott spent about 20 years in Marine Corps serving as a naval flight officer in EA-6B aircraft and as a forward air controller. Uh, He is also a consultant with AOC, and he is a member of the AOC Convention Planning Committee. So he has been uh, very much uh, working on this convention here this week over the course of the year, and we greatly appreciate his contributions. So welcome, Scott, to the Morning Brew here with From the Crow's Nest. Thanks very much, Ken. It's great to be here, and what a great conference that uh, you've put together. Great. So we're, we're here on day two, and we have a, a, a crazy schedule co- coming up here, but it's arguably, and it's arguably the busiest day. So uh, before we talk about some of the speakers that were that are going to be coming through the doors here, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the highlights you heard f- from yesterday and some of the sessions that you attended. Well, I think the first thing from yesterday is just one, the tremendous speakers that you had, and also the fact that the entire defense industrial complex is thinking hard about spectrum operations and how, well, you and I both have our iPhones in front of us, and we are guaranteed to be able to use those iPhones because the FCC guarantees that. And they say, we're not going to operate in that spectrum and you're going to have free access to that. That doesn't happen around the world. And so we are thinking strategically about those problems. I think we've also seen a shift um, to what is best termed probably the pacing threat that we need to focus on um, after many years of fighting two wars in which, well, the use of the spectrum was guaranteed. Um, It was just a foregone conclusion to a lot of us. And so the strategy and the way that people are thinking about how we might have to fight in the next war is really what impressed me because we're going to have to figure out how to maneuver in that space. We're going to figure out how to protect ourselves to be able to utilize that space. And then, of course, next to my own heart, we're going to figure out how to deny that space to the enemy. Yeah, and and, and it's very important because you you mentioned in years past and in conflicts in the past, there was an advantage that was assumed and we had the opportunity to go in and figure out, we had some space to figure out how to adapt if we needed to. Uh, but now when we talk about some of the broader strategic themes like great power competition, that, ad- not, 
that advantage is not just eroding, but it's we have to be prepared to not have that advantage on day one. So how do you how do you plan in advance to from the left of launch to be able to have superiority in the spectrum when and where you need it for the duration of time, because you're not going to have that, uh, that that degree of freedom to figure it out once any sort of conflict does break out. Precisely, precisely. Uh, and I think what we're what we're talking about and what you just talked about is that we are going to have to work through the friction of warfare in the spectrum. Uh, we've always just assumed that we are going to have free reign to operate uh, in the spectrum, which is what we appreciate every day. We, we just assume that our GPS is going to work. We just assume, for instance, that our 5G network is going to provide information to us immediately. And that's not the case. We're going to have to figure out how to operate in times <clears throat> where we might ha not have access to the spectrum or what kind of workarounds that we can have. Um, I mean, I think the perfect example is when I don't have a, a 5G signal on my phone, I immediately search for a hotspot so that maybe I can have Wi-Fi. Well, in a case where I don't have Wi-Fi and I don't have a 5G signal, I like my home state of Wyoming, um, <laughs> then, then what do I do? I need to find solutions to be able to utilize the spectrum and not just throw my hands up in the air and say, hey, I'm lost. That's the way it's going to be in any kind of conflict that we're going to see in the future. So, so yesterday, you know, some of the speakers that came here, you know, they, they largely spoke very in very strategic terms, whether it's you know how we invest in technology or range of technology, uh, as uh, Undersecretary uh, Heidi Hsu uh, spoke about, or uh, you know, General uh, Wilson, retired U.S. Air Force General Wilson, talking broad themes. Uh, today is, uh, as we were talking on our Show Daily episode yesterday with Dr. Conley, he mentioned today is really kind of about people who have to roll up their sleeves and get the job done. So, you know, we start this morning with uh, Dr. Kelly Fletcher, who is performing the duties of the CIO. Um, we also have uh, sessions on JADC2, uh, the Electromagnetic Spectrum Superiority Implementation Plan and so forth. So today is about rolling up the sleeves and getting the job done. Um, so what do you expect to hear from some of these speakers here today? And what are some of the common threads that our community needs to really continue to pay attention to? Um, I, I think you got it exactly right. Today is the roll up your sleeves day where we're talking about how do we actually get capability, um, well, into the hands of the warfighter. I know that's a trite expression, um, but as one that, that walked a while in those shoes, I really appreciated that. Um, I'm really looking forward to the JADC2 panel, a joint all-domain command and control. And that, that's the one session you're actually running. So it is. It is. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but if, if you think about this... Um, I think everyone is, is familiar with that as we've talked about it. We've had similar moments um, in history when we've had, you know, a revolution in military affairs or those other kinds of things where we're, we're really trying to figure out how to um, push the technology and actually get something that functions really, really well. If you think about JADC2, we have the ability today to, to share and bring vast amounts of information. Um, I mean, the, the perfect example, we, we come to expect that. Um, we have a computer, we have, you know, a, an iPhone in which we can watch streaming video uh, immediately. The challenge we have is that, for instance, we don't have a constellation of cell phone towers um, in places that we're going to have to operate. We're going to be the away team in every scenario. We will, yeah. exactly. So... How do we solve three problems? Um, and this is what I, I think JADC2 is really thinking about beyond the strategic. First of all, how do we push vast amounts of information? Um, how do I stream? Um, how do I, you know, stream real time? 
Um, that means we need a transport layer network. We need a waveform in which we can share vast amounts of information. I mean, 40 years ago, um, it was thought in the frequency spectrum that a single channel push to talk was the ability for us to share information. You know, now we can stream video on that. But the second thing is we need to figure out how to prevent latency. Because if there are delays in that, um, that could be the difference between winning and losing in any kind of tactical battle. And so um, if it has to bounce um, around satellites, you know, through a fiber network um, under the ocean, and there ha happens to be a two to 10 second delay, that's problematic. And then the last thing, and this is what, again, I think is most relevant to this conference here, is do we have resiliency? Um, do we have networks um, that can uh, self-heal? Uh, do we have them that can be resistant to jamming? Um, again, we have the luxury um, in the United States in that uh, the use of the spectrum is guaranteed by the FCC. <laughs> There's no FCC in warfare. And so thinking about how we're going to maneuver in that electromagnetic battle space and, and be able to guarantee our use of it and have the ability to deny the enemy's use of that in this you know, join all domain command and control because we can't be using semaphores and flag signals um, when talking between forces. And then uh, we wrap up the day. I have the honor of joining Michelle Flournoy on stage for a fireside chat. Uh, and we're going to talk, you know, DOD transformation and, and really at the strategic level, how transformation has to change culture and reach throughout DOD and the military services. Um, what do you expect to hear from Ms. Flournoy today? I know that you know her um, and she has a, just a distinguished career in this area. Uh, what are you looking forward to? She's the speaker I'm, I'm most excited about. <clears throat> I think part of it because of the, the life experience that she's had. Um, we're talking, you know, again, as we're here at this conference, the National Defense Authorization Act is on the floor of the Senate, and we're trying to figure out what the defense budget's going to be for fiscal year 22, and then, you know, onward from there. Um, $750 billion sounds like a lot of money, um, but there's a lot of things, for instance, that you don't have maneuver space on. Um, you're going to have a force of, oh, some 2.1 million uh, people in uniform. You're going to pay them well. You're going to make sure that they're taken care of. That's a cost that you are always, that's a bill you're always going to pay. So where's the maneuver room for us to, to make priorities about what we're going to invest in? It's not nearly as large as you think. Um, I think... If you look at Michelle's experience, you know, she ran two different QDRs. I mean, she ran the QDR in the 1990s when no one knew what QDR stood for. <laughs> and so she has, you know, seen so many defense budgets, so many reviews, so many bottom-up reviews. And with that experience, I think she's going to be able to say, hey, everyone needs to understand. And, and this is, I think, what, one of the reasons she's here at the AOC. We love to talk about hardware and platforms. And that's a, a really tangible thing that, that's easy to grab onto. Where are we going to win? We're going to win in spectrum. We're going to win in AI and machine learning. We're going to win, well, fundamentally in warfare by having a faster OODA loop than the enemy. And that doesn't happen with platforms. That's a capability we need. I'm not trying to discount that. But that's what I'm really excited about, is she's going to be able to talk about, from a defense budget perspective, where's the maneuver space? Because ultimately, if you think about it, your priorities are where you choose to spend your money. 
Well, well, thank you, Scott, for joining me. That's all the time that we have uh, this morning, but uh, very, very much looking forward to all the sessions today and uh, appreciate your time. What a great chance to be here. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. All right, my next guests here on Morning Brew this morning are our representatives from Samtech, our sponsor for all of today's episodes. I have with me Mike Dunn, uh, who's Director of RF Business Development, and Aaron Ram, who is a Senior Field Applicator Engineer at Samtech. Welcome, gentlemen, to From the Crow's Nest here at AOC Convention. Thank you. Well, th- thanks for, I, wa- I want to thank Samtech for sponsoring all the all of today's episodes. We have a great lineup of speakers coming uh, and, and, ep- and episodes throughout the day. Uh, but I wanted to take some time to sit down with you and talk a little bit about your company, a little bit about your history, and introduce really the, the, the broader AOC community to to your company and why you're here at the AOC. So uh, just to begin, um, I wanted to ask you, to, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Samtech, who you are, and, and why you're here at the show this week? Yep, Samtech was uh, founded in the 70s as a pins and plastic connector company. Um, They've been producing connectors uh, with quick lead times and the best customer service for decades now. Um, In the most recent years, our push has been in high frequency, high density, and high uh, bandwidth interconnect. That includes RF, digital, optics, uh, power, and otherwise. Um, We're here because uh, military base is pushing us towards uh, faster, smaller, denser, more rugged. Uh, Those are all on our roadmap trends, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to see and who else is here and supporting them. And, and, and for our listeners uh, today, uh, you're you're here on the exhibit floor. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the products you're showcasing uh, for the customers coming through? Sure. So most of the products today that we're, we're showing are from the Precision RF uh, part of Samtech. Uh, we've been in RF for 14 or 15 years, but in the past three to four years, we've expanded that portfolio pretty dramatically. Um, We've uh, uh, spent a lot of time and effort developing precision RF uh, connectors all the way up to 110 gigahertz. Um, With the uh, acquisition of a company called PCI recently uh, and the opening of our new facility in Taiwan, we now have the capability internally to not only design, develop and manufacture precision connectors, but also cable assemblies and, and cables. Uh, Samtech also has a, a, a fine uh, cable manufacturing facility in Portland and uh, uh, the northeast, sorry, northwest. And um, uh, with that plant, we have a, a coax cable line. So we have began developing many of our new precision, high-speed, low-loss cables at that facility. Um, we also are bringing some new products to market that are pretty unique uh, to, to the precision world. Um, one is a family of what we call bullseye products that are designed and developed to test high-speed silicon all the way up to uh, 112 gigabits per second. Um, we're also working on a, a really unique uh, technology uh, where we've taken a, a, a technical look at waveguide um, technology and are developing a flexible dielectric waveguide, which is pretty new to the industry. Um, we have four first samples available at the show this week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a full release sometime in the middle of next year. So you, you just mentioned, you know, Samtech is is a growing company. Uh, it's global, um, and you have a, a diverse array of products uh, in, in the RF area. Uh, what are some of the trends that you see in the industrial base, and how is Samtech positioning itself for success in, in the market uh, that is increasingly uncertain uh, moving forward? 
So as Aaron mentioned, uh, you know, Samtech has been renowned uh, throughout the years for being a technology leader. We play we pay very close attention to the many different uh, innovative trends that are taking place in the industry, and and we're actually quite excited because, uh, you know, and typically we have one or two catalysts in the industry that are driving technology change, but in the past three or four years there are quite a number of new catalysts that, that show us a, a great amount of excitement for technology development uh, between 5G, um, uh, high-speed silicon, uh, the digital world is, is moving very quickly from you know 28, 56, 112 and hopefully 224 gigabits per second. Um, a ton. And that exponential increase in speed and we have a 5G session is going to really shape everything that we do commercially and militarily. Yeah, I mean 5G is, is, is a, a a really interesting subject because we're really only beginning to see the event of some of the many, many different technology trends that will develop from that technology. Um, autonomous driving is one, you know, um, communication and satellite, uh, phased array antenna technology, um, in particularly with the military marketplace, the, uh, the cyber um, episodes that are going on around the world today are really starting to push technology limits for, for, for us and for uh, the general industry. Um, Samtech is very well positioned because we're a global organization. We've got manufacturing plants in multiple countries. Um, we, we also continue to expand our technology facilities here in the U.S. with uh, cable manufacturing plants, cable assembly plants, high-speed uh, cable plants. Um, so in general, I think they have, uh, we see a very bright future uh, for the connector industry. We're really only beginning to see um, what these new events will, will bring uh, to the market. Well, Mike and Aaron, I, I, did you have anything to add to that? I'll just add on to that, that uh, in the SOSA space and the industrial military space, we've seen a lot of adoption of COTS devices, uh, off-the-shelf commercially available packages that have kind of flown down to this market through the data center and commercial applications. Um, we're seeing heterogeneous packages that are coming up with new ASICs, not just FPGAs and AI processors and GPUs, but also a lot of custom specs. Um, in order for them to be SOSA compliant, the most important thing is that they're interoperable and intermatable. So standards such as VPX, VNX, and these chassis form factors that are getting smaller and smaller are gonna require interoperability with different ASICs, FPGAs, and CPUs. Um, Samtex Firefly, for example, is an optical transceiver at 100 gigabit Ethernet today, scaling up to 800 in the future, uh, SR compliant. Uh, will work with anybody's off-the-shelf transceivers, and so that's very popular when you can control half the system and the sensor hasn't been defined yet. You can pick anyone else's stuff on the far end. Um, on an analog sense, we're seeing 2 to 18 gigahertz is popular for eight electronic warfare but the millimeter wave space is expanding for a lot of point-to-point -point communications and all the EW jamming and comms that go along with that. And so uh, for Samtech, our focus is now on 65 gigahertz backplane interfaces, including those for uh, VNX standards. Um, the Vita 74 spec is allowing for optical and RF in the future, and so we plan to follow that roadmap uh, all the way through. Um, in addition, we're working with ASIC package vendors on products like our SciFly and our optical on-package uh, technology like the Firefly, um, leveraging COTS components that'll allow you to do XSR, VSR, and even like seven meter range links that are 56 gigabits per second and beyond. We've got 112 gigabit PAM4 demos already. Um, and our plan is to basically, you know, make these components cost-effective, commercially off-the-shelf available. We can build them in the U.S. if we have to, but we don't prefer to if we don't need to. 
um, and just helping the open source market kind of get all the components commercially available to reduce cost and time to market. And uh, were you, uh, it, so one of the sessions that we had yesterday, it was a community business meeting with uh, the SOSA uh, standards. Were you able to, to take a part of, attend that session? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Sam, what, what were some of the takeaways that uh, you, you uh, had from that, from that uh, panel discussion? So I would say that uh, Samtech is uh, following many of the standards and participating in certain select views. Um, the takeaway is that customers are asking for same performance that we've been seeing, but in smaller and smaller spaces. And so uh, being able to put 100 gigabit signals right next to each other, smaller and smaller, comes with uh, density, thermal disadvantages, crosstalk headaches. And so what Samtech is hearing from all those things is that we need to be able to model, simulate, EMI protect, everything on a smaller and smaller scale. And uh, basically we're gonna leverage, you know, all the COTS silicon providers out there and all the heterogeneous ASIC packaging going on out there and develop connectors that follow those roadmaps. For example, like RFSOCs, whether they're incorporating 50 ohm signals or 100 ohm signals, we wanna have the interconnect that sits next to those products that enable smaller SOSA form factors. Great, well, th thank you, Aaron, and, and thank you, Mike, for joining me this morning. It's it very interesting to, to learn about your company. This is the first time I've actually had, been able to interact, so I really appreciate you taking time to join me here on Morning Brew uh, at AOC uh, 2021. Uh, so that will conclude this episode uh, from the Crow's Nest. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes today. Uh, we ha I have interviews with uh, Brigadier General Anne-Marie Anthony from Stratcom, uh, Ms. Vernita Harris from the Office of the CIO, uh, and of course I'll be uh, on stage this afternoon with a fireside chat with Michelle Flournoy, which we'll, we will release as an episode later in the day. Um, it is also not too late to still attend AOC 2021. Um, and you, just to reiterate that if you are in the area, Registration is free for the exhibit floor and the general sessions and keynote speakers. So if you have some time to come down here, visit Samtech, visit some of our other exhibitors, uh, please do so. I, I think you'll find it a worthwhile experience. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Samtech for sponsoring all the episodes today. Samtech is the service leader in the connector industry. Thank you for listening. Fast Labs, powered by BAE Systems, is at the forefront of advanced technology and defense research, development, and production. They're pushing boundaries, breaking barriers, and innovating for a safer world. Check them out at www.baesystems.com/fastlabs.